1: Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about
0: what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something
1: meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba.
0: Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free
1: audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 103, Mindset. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. Hi, everybody. And we're going to talk about mindset today. So talking about mindset, kind of important. We kind of talk around mindset all the time, but this is actually with reference to the book called Mindset. So it's actually really about mindset. (laughs) Yes. Can we tell the story why I bought the book called Mindset? Yeah, I seem to remember it was at 4
0: a.m. at LAX. (laughs) It was at 4 a.m. We told the story on Casey's podcast interview, but it all started because we listened to Tara Sophia Moore speak at the She Recovers event, which we seem to continually reference in every podcast. But she said a comment about that if you want to go and do something to play big, in her words, that to just sort of boost up your confidence with Positive self talk doesn't always work. And she said, you know, there's been research on that and it's all about your mindset and changing your mindset to a growth mindset. And so I was like, I need to get that book to understand that a little bit more because I often find that on social media, specifically Instagram, it's just constant, like, you can do it. You are so great. Go, go, go. But it just feels a bit empty and hollow and like there's lacking substance. And I can't just, you know, Talk my way through some situations, like the difficult situations, or, and I just felt like I needed to understand what she was saying. So that's why I was like, I'm going to buy that book. And then at 4 a.m. in LAX, there the book was on the shelf. So I bought it. And I've read it straight through ever since I got on that plane that day. And now we are here talking about it.
1: Yeah. I love this topic because I sort of I feel like a growth mindset is something I have intuitively known about and tried to inhabit without really having all of this frame of reference to use to define my own mindset when I'm in a good place. So she really contrasts between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And my understanding of the fixed mindset is that it's this assumption that our intelligence and our character and our creativity are these given static entities and that we can't really meaningfully change them. And then a growth mindset is just this idea that you're able to grow, right, and change and evolve and that there's not really a fixed amount of anything, that your personality is something that is fluid. Right. That your true potential is unknown. Yeah. That there is no top or best. It's just like this continual
0: evolution of whatever it is that you're working on. And I think mm-hmm. we've all met people who have a, are stuck in a fixed mindset. And I think each of us in our in different parts of our life get stuck in a fixed mindset so an example would be like this urgency to prove yourself you know like mm-hmm. i'm smart and i'm like the smartest and then you want to like put yourself on a pedestal and push everyone mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. so that you know you might be trying to do this positive self talk but you're actually really not believing that you can change or grow or evolve in any way because you want to place yourself on the top and stay on the top. Mm-hmm. And so she has a thousand, probably literally a thousand different examples in the book of, of the difference between like contrasting, you know, different athletes or different teachers, coaches, business icons in and how they embrace each of these two different mindsets.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes of Carol Dwex is she said, for 20 years, my research has shown that the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value. And I I really believe this. And one of the other things she says in the book that I, th- I found was really powerful was just that people with a growth mindset don't really think of themselves as failing. Like failure doesn't really exist. It's only information. And we've talked about this. Like we've Mm -hmm. talked early on in our podcast, we talked about failure this way. And I think like, entrepreneurs inherently believe this. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Like failure is just information. It doesn't determine anything. It doesn't mean anything. I can't think of a situation in my own career or my life where I've really felt like it was a roadblock. Like To me, it's like, okay, great. That didn't work. What do I need to do differently? Or what? how can I pivot from this to do something even better or something Mm -hmm. I never even believed was possible an hour ago? And I really think for those of us in the business world, it's critical that we work towards adopting this growth mindset because failure if you really allow yourself to think about it, it's inevitable. Like there are going to be goals you don't meet. And a
0: rite of passage in some, yeah. in some oh, respects yeah, yeah. For, for for business. Like you're not a real business owner if you haven't had a failed business.
1: Right, or multiple, or like mm-hmm. 1,000 rejections. I mean, that's just part of what the experience is. So if you have, the, I think this is why I, I believe it's inherent to entrepreneurs, Sandy, is because I think that it takes the ability to imagine something that doesn't yet exist in the world. Like that's a growth mindset that even lets you think like, mm-hmm. Something needs to exist that doesn't. And I have this idea and I'm the one to make it. Like to me, that is the stereotypical growth mindset right there. Sure. And I think
0: with regards to failure, I believe she said in the book that failure is an action, not an identity. Mm -hmm. And so fixed mindset will see that as an identity. I am a failure. Yeah. And they won't believe that they can change or grow or evolve into anything Mm -hmm. better or more or whatever it may be. So I like that distinction that it's just an action; it's like something that happened, but it's not who you are. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yeah, I think that's right. And I, I wonder if you're listening to this, if you've ever thought about this idea about your mindset in these ways. Because Sandy, you and I like we didn't have this frame of reference until a few weeks ago. And I mean, I think I'd like loosely heard of this book and read reviews of it back when it came out a long time ago, but. Like when we're talking about mindset in our course and with each other, we're oftentimes talking about abundance versus scarcity and similar ideas, but I think they're actually quite different. Mm -hmm. Like it's, Mm -hmm. this is, this is an entire way of categorizing personalities in a way that I hadn't, because like scarcity and abundance is only talking about one aspect of our belief structures, right? But this, this is like your entire defining characteristic. Are you looking at something in a fixed way or in a growth potential way?
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's like each person is not one or the other. You have to look at the different parts of your life. So how do you view your intelligence? How do you view your business skills? How do you view your parenting? How do you view your marriage or your relationship with your partner? Mm-hmm. All of those things, like you may be like, you know, we may have a complete growth mindset around our business and our ability to learn and figure out whatever we need to figure out, but we are stuck in a fixed mindset with parenting, for example. And this book really, for any moms or dads out there. Like I I really think this book is important for the parenting aspect because it's like the language that you use to your children as they are learning or figuring something out. It's really made me think about every word that I speak to my son. Because so often I will say like he loves cooking and he'll be like, oh my God, you're a genius in the kitchen. And so now I've mm-hmm. just given him a fixed mindset that he is like super good at something. Mm-hmm. And the message there is like you're at the top. You are so good. And that there is a fear now that for him to go And try something else that he now may fail, and I will not see him as that genius. Or, you know, if your child is like a really good speller, like the top speller in the class, and she's sort of celebrated and labeled as such, and then invited to go to the city or province or nation spelling bee or whatever, she may not go because she doesn't want to fail.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carol Dweck talks about this in a way, even if you have a really positive view of yourself, but it's a fixed mindset that it's almost a sentence to you. Like it's like, it's like Mm -hmm. giving yourself a sentence versus, yeah, you're stuck. And, and what it does is it prevents, and I've, we've all experienced this, right? Like I remember at various stages in my childhood or in my young adulthood, or even in adulthood itself, in my career, like there are moments when I was really praised I was then afraid, almost afraid to take action afterwards because I didn't want to deflate someone's view of me. And I've told you this, Sandy, that, and mm-hmm. I don't remember if I've taught, how much I've talked about this publicly on the podcast, but like one of the most crushing things that's ever happened to me was a mentor of mine. I think I have talked about this moment on the podcast. She said to me during kind of a moment of minor conflict while at work, she said, I brought you on because you were supposed to be a genius and, or yeah. you were supposed to be brilliant. And so it was that moment of feeling like I just burst I just burst this reputation or this image I led in this woman's mind this woman I deeply respected I just was no longer brilliant to her or no longer a genius to her at politics and that was a lot for me to carry around like mm-hmm. as like a 20 21 year old kid, like young adult, that I was supposed to be this prodigy in politics and somebody is now telling me I'm not. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most crushing moment of my career. Like it actually is probably the reason I don't work in politics anymore, to be honest. And so I think that People don't realize not only themselves in their own mindset, but you also have, like, as you're saying with your children, but also with the other people around you, like, try to try to notice how you're speaking to people or how you're viewing the people around you, because it can really affect them when you project your fixed beliefs onto them. Right. And.
0: If you are trying to build a team or, you know, in any capacity have people working for you, you want your staff or your team to be thinking big and thinking out of the box and solving problems and having, you know, really interesting ideas. But if they are afraid of getting a comment like you just did or had, that just shuts them down. Like they're not going to try any longer because they don't want to disappoint and they don't want to fail in front of your eyes. They don't want to be called out. So I think her point is like, with your children or with your staff, with your team, you should be focusing on the effort and, you know, Overcoming difficulties, or you know, working through a difficult challenge. So the focus and the emphasis is on the work and the ability to get through something, as opposed to simply you know that end result.
1: Yeah, or and the ability to to get through it creatively too. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's a big piece of it. Is because a lot of her research was focused on people in creative professions, and I would say, like now, what I the way I've responded to what happened to me early in my career, Sandy, is when I've been hired as a consultant. Subsequently, I've said. I think I have a lot of amazing potential and vision. I think I have a, I'm have. a very strong creative problem solver, but maybe half of what I say is going to be garbage and the other half is going to be really powerful or brilliant and you're going to have to help me sort through which is which. And mm-hmm, I actually say good. that to people that hire me and have hired me in the past, right? Because it's the truth. Like right. half of what I say you're going to need to just throw in the garbage can because you're not going to get you 100%. You should say that to me. You should say that to me when we started. <laughs> I know. I think I did. Didn't I say 90% of what I, of my ideas Sandy are trash and your job is to figure out which ones are like the gems hidden in like hidden in the in the sea of waste. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. But but I like that's all of us. It's not just yeah. me. And I think no, no. it takes that mindset is like, "Okay, I just came up with a really terrible idea. Great. That's another one we can throw in the trash pile. I'm getting closer and closer to a gem."
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think, too, like that when you mention genius, it makes me think of people like you know, Tolstoy or Darwin, who we know of their body of work or Einstein or something. And we think that they were born that way, that they were just math geniuses from the start or amazing writers from the start or musicians or whatever it may be. And the truth is a lot of these so-called geniuses were just ordinary kids who worked their way through things and became great problem solvers Mm -hmm. and had great strategies for continuing to fail and figure it out and fail and fail and fail and then figure it out, you know? And so I think we write ourselves off too quickly that we're not this or we're not that. We're not built that way. We missed those genes. We're not coded that way. And art is, for me, is a great example because I've spoken many times about how my entire family is so, so creative. And I've always said, I got the athlete genes and not the artist genes. So when I took that course a year ago about how to learn how to do art it was like, it's a skill someone could teach me. And I just, mm-hmm. I like, I did not believe that to be true up until a year ago. So I think it's worth examining your life. Where are you finding yourself in a fixed mindset that you believe you can't do something? And I know for a lot of people who reach out to us looking to join Namastream or Soulful MBA, they're like, I'm not technical. I can't, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just want to call big bullshit yes you can you know like that is a fixed mindset you've decided you're not technical you know you're too old to learn it or you're you just don't understand it and i don't know jenny and i built two software companies without any background in software or coding or anything so i mm-hmm. think that you can figure out how to do an online business
1: yeah And I will say too, like, I'm not very good at coding. (laughs) I'm just going to put out there. I've tried really hard and I've taken like all of the coding classes on the internet. I feel like I've taken every class and I really want to be good at it. And there were probably the first 10 times I tried to make a little app. I just totally collapsed in failure and frustration. But then one day I made something. (laughs) You, you know, forgetting? and then I was like, <laughs> yes. I am basically the coolest person that's I'm ever lived on the earth. Like, I just did this. I totally coded this from scratch and I it's up and it's live on this weird hidden page and it's the coolest thing. And sure, like, would it have been easier if I had learned how to do this when I was 11 years old? Probably. But I didn't. And that's not the path I took. <laughs> and I just think like there's this idea too. like it's really even though I still am like not very good. The fact that I tried and the fact that I continue to try and the fact that I'm curious and interested, I feel like makes me a better business owner in this sector. And it makes me a better mom to my daughter, who I'm also trying to teach these skills to. And it just like, it makes me a better thinker creatively because I learn how to problem solve in a different way by learning that thing that's really hard. And the same thing I felt like with music. Growing up, I played instruments and I mean, it seemed like the most irrelevant thing on the earth to like learn to play the saxophone or the clarinet or the oboe. And yet like the thought, you, just same thing for you with drawing, Sandy, like there's mm-hmm. something that goes on in your mind when you're having to problem solve something that's like really hard, but also really hard in a different way than you're used to. Like it just opens up these neural pathways for other things that you couldn't have predicted. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is like fundamentally the same thing as this growth mindset. Like you're just open and failure doesn't really exist. And it's true. Trying and like creatively problem solving and persevering. And you may not get the outcome that you anticipated or hoped for, but you might get something so much more amazing or like equally good, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you have to be willing to try. And if you look at failure as like a static outcome, I don't know what to say. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com.
0: I think it's important to explain that and maybe this is a little bit more for for children, that if they're like trying really hard and failing and trying really hard and failing and trying really hard and failing, that you need to step in there and like change the strategy or change the effort or change something so that you may be encouraging them to try. Maybe this can go for yourself. If you keep starting businesses and failing and failing and failing and failing, then maybe something needs to change. So just take a look at that effort. And if it's not getting the results that you want, what she says about the growth mindset is that it's based on your efforts. So if you're trying and you're continuing to fail. Then look at the strategies that you've implemented Mm -hmm. or chosen, like get new strategies. And then the third part of the growth mindset is to ask for help, get input from others, get some other eyes in there, get a mentor, take a course or whatever it may be, like ask for help on, you know, trying to do what you're doing. So- I think that really helped me too, because I think if we look at our lives, we can probably identify areas in our lives that we're stuck in fixed. We believe something. And so then the question is, what do I do about that? And Mm -hmm. so the first is like, okay, identify it, recognize it, notice that you have these beliefs about this area of your life, and then start to try efforts, strategies, and and asking for help. And she actually says naming it too, like when that fixed mindset kind of comes in, when you hear that sort of tape that plays in your mind, she says to name it and and talk to it and tell it to go away.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have that little tape (laughs) come to us all the time, right? Like, yeah, I mean, we were just talking about that before recording this episode. And so it doesn't just because like we overall approach our business together with a growth mindset does not mean that there are not moments every day where we get trapped in a fixed mindset about a particular issue or I
0: have a fixed mindset about writing Instagram captions. Are you sure? For for God's
1: sake. I know. I know you do. What?
0: Like, yep. that's so and sad. They're,
1: like, they're often, like, really weird little things. Dumb little things, yeah. I, I also, though, wanted to point out about this body of work that one of the things that was most interesting to me was to read about how it applies to relationships in marriage yeah. and partnership. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for those of you who are listening, like this affects everyone because we all have relationships with each other, right? So whether you're in a committed relationship or a marriage or, or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I think that her work on this is kind of genius where she talks about like the fixed mindset as it relates to relationships is like, okay, this is how this person should be. And if they deviate at all, then there's something wrong with them and I don't belong with them or, or whatever versus having a growth mindset in a relationship is embracing the idea that people are imperfect. And it's like, you don't think that something is terribly wrong or there's a character flaw about someone else just because it doesn't go your way. So you're able to much more gracefully acknowledge your partner's imperfections and you're not assigning blame. You're just able to see that I can still have a fulfilling relationship with this person, even though I acknowledge that there are these things I'm not happy with. And to me, like that's life-changing right there. If you've never... like about this mindset related to relationships. It's really profound.
0: Yeah, I that part. What I did find that profound too, because the words of the, the descriptions that she's using to describe this. Like I've heard people. I have never been one of those people, but I've heard people say things like, "We are soulmates. We are in mm-hmm. the perfect relationship. You know, this is my twin flame. All that kind of language. Mm-hmm. And then when things like that, perfect. You know, soulmate doesn't recognize some of your needs, disappoints, doesn't know what you're thinking, doesn't know what you need. And you're not going to tell them because you're perfect, because the relationship is perfect. That's when things break down, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I shouldn't have to tell them. So the fixed part is believing that you're such a perfect match, and mm-hmm. so yeah, there's some effort there to make any kind of relationship work. Oh, and yeah. I think that goes I feel like for- I've
1: seen I've seen the same thing, and people like my friends who remain single i got married pretty young i was 25 and the people i know who sort of stayed single longer like much longer than me for that yeah they were looking for that i feel like that was a common thing is like i'm looking for prince charming or i'm looking for this one very clear image of this person both physical and emotional and whatever else like this is what this person's going to be it'll be so easy i won't even have to try because they're (laughs) so perfect yeah yeah so just to all of you out
0: there, that is not ever, ever, <laughs> the never gonna happen.
1: It's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So read this book if you're in that situation. This is not really sold as a relationship book, but it's very applicable to relationships. Yeah. She covers parenting,
0: business, school, and relationships. So yeah. she has a whole chapter on it. So yeah. Yeah. It's really applicable to a lot of areas. Yeah. Which is like unusual for a book. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Let's, oh, wait. Hold up. I'm going to ask for something. Because oh, no. we asked the last time and oh, yeah, it worked yeah. really now well. I it know worked what to really well. do. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say, if you are enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend. If you think anybody would enjoy our conversations and be helped, let them know about the Soulful MBA podcast. Head over to iTunes. The best thing you can do for us is go over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. And if you have a comment, a question, we would love, love, love to hear from you. Team at Namastream or come over to our Instagram at Soulful MBA.
1: Yeah, that's great. Go. Good yes. job, Sandy. Yes, yes. Okay, so our joy for this episode, I'm going to share I, something. I don't know what this is. I know you don't. This is where this is all me. I've got like <laughs> a stockpile of joys that I've been hoarding, and we're I just gonna going to start going you through were them,
0: posting that. We have a joy channel in Slack. And she's like, haven't you been watching? I'm like, oh, I have all the notifications turned off. And then I look, I'm like, oh my God, there's like hundreds of things in here. The
1: thing is, okay. is Sandy complained to me in her fixed <laughs> mindset about being irritated with how many things I direct messaged her in Slack all the time. So I've started putting them in other channels and then she silences the notifications for the other channels. So guess what that's teaching me, Sandy, and my productivity growth mindset. <laughs> I'm going to start DMing you everything again. So just no. be prepared for it. <laughs> That's productivity. That's what that is. Okay. What is your okay. joy? Well, so I have this like really maybe strange, maybe not so strange <laughs> fascination with like the MacArthur Genius Awards. <laughs> Oh, I thought this was the mush. Okay, right. No, I thought it was no, mushrooms. that's another one. I'm Believe talking that. about this okay. one because this okay. is timely. So okay. the MacArthur Foundation has these genius grants that they give out every year. Let's see how many people get it. This is like my bucket list, guys. Someday I'm going to do something like extraordinary enough to be in this crew of 25 people who they get like $625,000 to use towards their mission, whatever they're doing in the world that's impactful and amazing. They're all amazing. You should go on the MacArthur Foundation and just like read these people's bios if you want to feel it. Just hope for humanity. But the one person I wanted to talk about today, his name is Vijay Gupta, and he's a violinist with the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and he's also a social justice advocate, and he just won this award. And what he does is he takes his music and he goes out and he plays in Skid Row in Los Angeles, and he plays in homeless shelters. And he actually not only just plays music and brings professional musicians into these spaces, he's working with people who inhabit them to teach them music as well. There's a video about him that we will link to in the joy. And if you've not seen this video in the news at all, I highly recommend you just take a few minutes and watch it. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long time and I just found it deeply inspiring. I will watch it. I haven't even seen it, but I'm
0: gonna watch after we finish this.
1: Yeah, you really need to watch it.
0: That sounds really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: And The Hustle is, of course, the book by Dr. Carol Dweck. It is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential.
1: Excellent. This was a fun right. one. Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> now, all through the forevermore, we can talk about our fixed and growth mindsets back and forth to each other publicly
1: on the, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And we will. Okay. All right, folks, we will see you next time. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Guys. Bye.
0: Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five day email based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba/slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.